Paula Levine, you were a key part of the 30 for 30 podcast, The Bag Game, a comprehensive look at how corporate America has exploited college basketball. While there are so many stories to tell on that front, we want to focus on one person, five-star Kansas recruit, Billy Preston. So if you don't mind, start by telling us what happened on November 11th, 2017. Absolutely. So... Billy Preston and his friend and and Kansas teammate Marcus Garrett were driving to this mall in Kansas City. And they were going to get these, they went, the new pair of Air Jordans had dropped that day. We drive all the way to some mall that's like an hour away, hour and 10 minutes away. They're driving in Billy's Dodge Charger, which his mother had recently given him. Uh, my mom said got me a Charger, uh, a car, and it was like nothing too crazy. It was a 2016, uh, like a 2016 SRT or something like that, and a real regular stock rims. It was nothing crazy gray. So they leave at about one o'clock, and they realize they're going to be short for time because they have a team meeting that day at three. And it is vital they make it back because if they don't, they know that Coach Self is going to come down on them. It got to like a point where it's getting close to the time we got to be back for the meeting. So uh, I tell them like, Marcus, we got to go, bro. (laughs) Like, you have to get them shoes another time, bro. We got to go because you know if we miss this team meeting, like it's bad. Like, you know Coach Self about to be on us. Billy gets his shoes. Marcus, like, they don't have a size or something happens, but Billy's like, dude, we got to get back. And it is just a crappy day in the Midwest. It is cold. It is raining. There are reports of accidents on some of the highways. And they're cruising back into Lawrence, and they're almost back to campus. I don't know what happened, but I literally turn the corner, like I make a left. And next thing you know, like, my my back wheel just, like, stopped moving. It just got stuck, and we start spinning out. His car hits the curb, destroys two of his tires, there's damage to the vehicle. Nobody's injured, nobody else is in the path, but the car is not drivable. And he's, like, looking at Marcus like, whoa, like, what happened? So we've got two Jayhawks basketball players in one car that's got a minor fender bender, a couple tires screwed up. What is the protocol here for these young men? So they call assistant coach Curtis Townsend and he gets the car towed. Now, nobody calls the cops. There's no no police report. Uh, But the coaches decide that they have to report this to the NCAA. According to the coach there, like once something happened like, like that, something like that happens to a player, they have to report it to, like, the NCAA or something like that. And that's what they did. And then, like, literally a week after that, we go all the way to Chicago. We finna play Kentucky. It's a few days later. It's November 14th. Billy's getting dressed to play Kentucky at this big game in Chicago. Game two from Chicago. We welcome you back to the State Farm Champions Classic and two of the real blue bloods of the sport. Number seven, Kentucky, and number four, Kansas. Someone from the locker room, and he doesn't know what he's, what's going on, but he's told that he can't play. I got the whole uniform on, got my shoes laced up, Coach Self, Coach Townsend, come in the locker room, and they, they called me over, 
And they tell me, like, the NCAA just called him and told him that I can't play. And the report to the media from Coach Bill Self is that he's being held out because they mentioned this incident with the car, and they say that they need to get a clearer financial picture of Billy's Dodge Charger. It's really all on the car wreck to me. Like, you got into a wreck with the Charger, the first question that comes up is, where you get the Charger from? Like, at the time, I can't answer, like, because I don't, I'm not really in the loop. It's just like, I don't know. I just know my mom got me a car. And where does all of this leave Billy at the time? This would have been his first, like, actual legitimate game for Kansas. But, you know, he gets held out this game uh, with Kentucky, and it just goes downhill from there. He is declared ineligible. He never plays again for Kansas. He doesn't make it to the NBA. And unfortunately, his name gets known for something else, which is a focal point in the federal government's investigation into illegal payments by shoe companies to basketball players, recruits, and their families. Billy Preston was thought to be the next one-and-done player when he signed with the University of Kansas basketball team back in 2017. But before he could make that leap, A literal fender bender opened the door into a world of illegal corporate payouts that unraveled his future in an instant. So today, as Kansas and their coach Bill Self, the highest paid coach in the sport, prepare to take on Kentucky, Paula Levine joins us to talk about how corporate America, the federal government, and the NCAA extinguished one hoop dream before it even began. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Tuesday, November 14th. This is ESPN Daily. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Okay, Paula, please do give us some background on who Billy Preston is and, as importantly, how he ever even arrived in Lawrence. So Billy grew up in Southern California. His mom was his primary caregiver, and they were struggling to make ends meet. He actually started out not dreaming of basketball. He wanted to be a professional skateboarder. Like, his idol was like Tony Hawk. I did have dreams of being a professional skateboarder. I was, like, so close to getting sponsored around the time that I was skateboarding because I was really good. Like, I had skater friends where I was living, and we were, like, really good. He was passionate about this, uh, but his mom wasn't, and neither was his godmother, Tamika Kirby. And Tamika is also, his was at the time, was his mom's partner, but he, he referred to her as, as his godmother. And they're seeing... Billy get injured on the skateboard. The skateboard gets, you know, he almost gets hit by a car, and they're fed up. Like, I had times where I was trying to 
you know, jump off a six plus stairs with my skateboard and and I'll fall off my skateboard and have a bruise or a scar or something and I have to get right back up because I just see my friends, they doing the same thing. They falling, they taking, you know, taking the beating from the concrete and they just getting right back up. And so Tamika Kirby, uh, she goes by TK. She takes his skateboard one day and she throws it in the garbage and she says, we're done with this. One morning I woke up and uh, I couldn't find my skateboard like anywhere. Like I thought I misplaced it. I couldn't find it around the house. I checked outside uh, our apartment. It was nowhere to be found. And then I went upstairs, I asked my mom, I'm like, yo, where's my skateboard? My godmom told me she threw it away. Like she threw my whole skateboard away. Wait, 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 wait. She just threw the whole skateboard in the trash? That feels extreme. But who was TK anyway? What was her background? And what exactly did she have in mind for Billy outside of skateboarding? She played two seasons in the WNBA. She was a college player at Iowa. Like, she knew talent when she saw it. And what she saw with Billy was someone who was not going to have a future in skateboarding, but boy, she really saw that he could he could have some success in basketball. So she's the one who actually started training him, having him watch film, getting him into the gym, like really putting some basketball discipline into him. And she was like, look, you know, you, there's a future for you here. There's not a future in skateboarding, but there is a future for you in basketball. So once he gets off his trucks and puts on the sneakers, how quickly does his hoops career take off once he, you know, commits to this thing full time? Pretty fast. Billy Preston, Captain Bucket. 2013, he's at John Bosco High School in Bellflower, California. He moves around a few different places in Southern California. He's getting more interest. And this is kind of when his mom realizes, okay, this is this is serious stuff. And they make a serious move. And then he finally ends up at the prestigious Oak Hill Academy in Virginia. And that's where he's playing games that coaches and scouts are paying attention to. He's also getting a lot of interest from a lot of different colleges. And one of them sort of keeps coming to the top for him. And that is the University of Kansas. And he makes that commitment to Kansas in November of 2016, which is one year before the aforementioned car accident. All right, let's go back to where we started. The accident, Billy being declared ineligible. But this car proved to be sort of an unfortunate fulcrum for him in terms of his path. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the the actual details behind the car weren't as problematic as when this all played out because Billy's accident could not have come at a worse time because as they are looking into the car and the finances and the and the money surrounding Billy, there's also this massive federal investigation into improper payments to coaches, players, their families, and it is turning in the direction of the University of Kansas. TJ Gasnola, Thomas Gasnola, technically, becomes a part of this situation. What exactly did the case uncover about him and his relationship with Billy's mother, Nicole? So the questioning about the car and the finances and the federal case... The, the sort of the Venn diagram there in the center is T.J. Gasnola. 
Uh, TJ Gasnola was a rep for Adidas. He was working with Adidas employees to find talent, to incentivize them to go to Adidas schools. He pleaded guilty in federal court to conspiracy to commit wire fraud as a part of these payments that were made to these uh, players and their families. And one of those, and Gasnola testified to this, he paid Billy Preston's mother, Nicole Player, about $90,000 in connection with his staying at Kansas and uh, promising to be an Adidas athlete once he graduated. And this is all backed up by Gasnola's testimony, numerous text messages, and other wiretaps. Billy Preston and TJ Gasnola and Nicole, Nicole Player are just one part of a massive federal case, but it was an important part. Yeesh. Okay, we should note that part of the government's case here is that these practices of paying players is that the schools are being defrauded. Different time, even though it wasn't that long ago. But what did Billy Preston think of that argument? <laughs> Billy Preston just thought that was a ridiculous argument. They ain't no victim. They knew what was going on, too. They they put the whole thing together. Like, they set it up. Like, KU was the whole reason we even met. The government had to try to make its case by claiming that the schools were, were victimized. And the the argument for that was that, well, because these payments made these players ineligible. They were in violation of the agreements that they signed to get their contracts, and then that harmed the school. But in in reality, you know, and as Gasnola himself would testify, the whole point of getting these players to these schools was to benefit their programs and benefit the coaches, and that benefits the bottom line. I walked into Coach So's office one time, the basketball office, and I seen you know, the rep for Adidas there. And Coach Townsend lets me know that he's going to introduce him to my mom. Like, you know, they're going to get in contact and this and that. And Billy, knowing how much money comes into the program and, and how much money these coaches get, he's like, there is no way that that these schools were the ones that, that suffered here. I'm a Adidas kid now that I play for KU. He's a Adidas rep. They're an Adidas school. They, they put us together. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to say about that. KU wasn't no victim. Oh, that's a lot. After all this, what happened to Billy and Nicole? Feels like a reasonably sad epilogue to come. Well, yeah, it is. So, you know, Billy Billy sticks around Kansas after this, you know, it, it, this all comes down in November. He sticks around until after the first of the year. No word on his eligibility. It's not looking promising. He ends up saying, like, I, I can't do this. Like, I need, I need playing time. I need people to see me. I need scouts to see me on the court. And he goes to, of all places, Bosnia. I mean, talk about a, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore moment. I, I don't know how much farther away you can get than that. Wow. He doesn't get drafted. He's in the G League with the Cavs. He's back and forth with, you know, different teams overseas. And, and through all of this, like, you know, he's lost his opportunity his name comes out in connection with this case. I mean, he's he's depressed. And I don't think I don't think enough people really realize, you know, behind all the headlines and behind everything about Kansas and the case, like how much for this kid, 
how much weight this is on him and and just how daunting it is that, you know, this one thing you've tried for for your whole life has been taken away from you. And his mom, Nicole Player, what was her takeaway from all of this? You know, I sat on Nicole Player's couch for six hours talking to her about this. And lover or hater, she will be the first to admit she was no angel in this, but... Like, the way she laid this out and the reality of it, I mean, I hear this and, I mean, you just have to listen to her because it really, it's sort of like a mic drop moment. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I look at this thing in two ways. One, I could have very well said no. I could have said, no, this is not for me. But two, I feel like it's predatory and I'm not making any excuses for it. I just feel like the entire system is corrupt and predatory. I feel like they they prey on impoverished families. And most of those impoverished families happen to be people of color. I was astonished to find out how much money college coaches made. The coach makes seven figures. And everybody on that bench after him makes six figures until you get to the person in the uniform. And they say, oh, well, he has a good quality education. But he always called and needed something. My mom hungry. Mama, can we this? Mama, can we that? It, it doesn't make any real sense to me, the entire system. After the break, what does this all mean for the Blue Blood Kansas Jayhawks and what's left of the modern NCAA? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. After all this and a six-year investigation in which the world changed, what exactly happened to Kansas? So... Not much actually happened to Kansas. Back in September of 2019, uh, Kansas was initially accused of five level one violations. And that sounded pretty serious. But as the years dragged on and, uh, and, you know, and the punishments rolled out for other schools, it seemed pretty clear that this was going to be a really minor uh, result. And, and, 
it, one thing that Kansas did to sort of stem, I think, some of the repercussions was they, back in 2022, they self-imposed some sanctions. They suspended Self and Townsend for four games. They had some minor scholarship and recruiting limits. But when the NCAA's independent resolution panel came out with its decision in October, there really wasn't much else. I mean, they they it placed Kansas on a three-year probation, said uh, it would have to vacate its 2018 Final Four appearance because uh, of wins from that season due to a different player, uh, Silvio D'Souza, who was also caught up in this investigation. Uh, but there, there's no postseason ban. Um, Self and Townsend really faced no further suspension. All the level one violations got downgraded to level two and level three, and it really kind of ended with a whimper. You know, these days, people look at recruiting violations and paying kids money as ridiculous non-things, but if they were downgraded, what were the actual allegations to get into the chalk talk levied against the school, and were they ever even corroborated? So in its notice of allegations back in 2019, the NCAA said Self and Townsend, quote, embraced, welcomed, and encouraged Adidas employees to steer recruits to Kansas. Um, The coach was charged with lack of institutional control, which is like the big, you know, that's that's like the death knell. And uh, Self was charged with some head coach responsibility violations all of the the payments and everything, like those were all corroborated in federal court. It was part of the case. There was evidence for it. I, you know, none of that was argued. What really came down to Self and Townsend was, you know, could you draw the line back to what they knew? And what Billy Preston said about Curtis Townsend being the one who, you know, sort of connected him. But I don't know what the NCAA considered. They obviously decided that there really wasn't enough there to, you know, determine that the coaches of the program were all that aware or all that connected. At the end of the day, if it was just, we just want this to be done. Um, what, you know, what Bill Self said after the ruling came out, he said, I don't think it implies a measure of guilt at all. What I think it implies is we were doing everything possible to move forward and put this behind us. And at the same time, doing what was in the best interest of our present student athletes and future student athletes to make sure they were not impacted in any negative way whatsoever. Going, Hold on. Going back to what Billy said, though, he puts himself and the Kansas coaching staff in the room together with someone who eventually pled guilty in federal court. How is there no fallout from that? I don't know. Any efforts we made to ask the NCAA about this or to go back, you know, even once this decision was made to, you know, I, I reached out to Kansas, to Bill Self, no, no response, none. That description by Billy has never really been addressed. Like I, I've never gotten a response to what, what he has said. Well, we all know this wasn't only happening at Kansas. Was there fallout at other schools? Because at the time, this was a rather broad investigation. Right. So from the initial federal investigation, I mean, you you clearly had the assistant coaches who, you know, were indicted and a couple faced actual, you know, time in prison. 
a handful of coaches who lost their jobs. You know, Rick Pitino at Louisville, Will Wade at LSU, Sean Miller at Arizona, although the circumstances surrounding those were a little bit different. And, you know, you had a number of other schools where most of these penalties were not too far off the line from Kansas. I mean, every time something came out about, you know, what repercussions are you going to face, it really wasn't really wasn't all that significant. I mean, whatever whatever fallout it was, none of them really felled any of those programs. What do you think would happen if Billy Preston took that kind of money today in 2023? Oh, I mean, man, like he'd, he'd be celebrated. He'd be on Instagram. He'd be, he'd be making a TikTok video about it because, and, and the school would be announcing it in a press release because that's the thing now with name image likeness. I mean, that's encouraged. And that's one of the the, the things about this that I think, just, it's sort of mind-blowing to so many people who see this. And, and to Billy, too. This happens to him, and then the world changes. And everything that he has suffered for is now celebrated. You think about these investigations, whether it's NCAA or criminal investigation, and they find wrongdoing, and the change is made to, you know, keep it from happening again. Well, in this case they found wrongdoing and then the change was made to change the rules and the law to make the wrongdoing okay. <laughs> right. But it's worth pointing out that the name, image, and likeness wasn't put into place as a result of this or really any other investigation. It was more that society felt it was unfair that these student athletes could not make money off their own names, images, and likenesses. And the NCAA eventually gave in to the pressure. Yeah, the, the difference between what would happen today versus then is is night and day. And, and that's not lost on Billy and his mom. They call that nasty work on the internet. And, <laughs> you know, to that point, what about the hundreds of other kids? Billy is one particular example, but a lot of different things have gone on that were violations yesterday that are not violations today. I've never seen anybody at large in the college sports world talking about It's kind of how foul this is for some of these former players, but that's got to be at the top of their minds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. What about those who were, like, lost their entire eligibility, lost their college career because something minor like this, because of of a a car and some payments from a booster or because they, you know, were making money off of their, you know, likeness in some whatever, you know, promotion or something like that. Like, I think about all the cases that we've covered and and I look at them in retrospect to this. And I mean, some of them are, are almost laughable for how minor they are, but the consequences were huge. And it's not just the names that everybody knows, you know, it's, it's wrestlers, it's tennis players. It's such a difference. And I can't imagine what it's like for someone like Billy or, or anyone who who lost that chance to see what's happening now. Do you think the NCAA has any interest in righting these wrongs? Or is this just a matter of them wanting to, to go away? Because, well, in history, they're not really in the business of doing anything about some of the problems that they have. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, the NCAA is facing so many issues right now. You know, what they're facing now in terms of NIL and, and in terms of all the claims being made and the and athletes as employees, like, I, I think they've got so much on their plate that uh, I think the NCAA of the future is, is going to be much different, obviously, than, than the NCAA of the past and, and even the NCAA currently. What do you think the legacy of Kansas basketball and Coach Bill Self becomes after all of this fallout ends? I think he's revered. 
he has a quote from Big 12 Media Day, which I really think is is pretty spot on. I think my reputation has been tarnished immensely, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it, it's, you know, the whole thing is, is, you know, we knew right from the jump what we had done and what we had not done. And, and uh, you know, you, you, can, you can certainly uh, say things and there's been many things said, but the bottom line is, I, I, it, it was. I, I'm, I'm proud about how we conducted our business. So yeah. I know at the end of the day, it's it, it was a long blip, but it was still a blip yeah. in the big scheme of things. And that part I would agree with. I don't know if I would necessarily agree with his, you know, assertion that his reputation has been tarnished immensely. I guess it depends on, you know, whether you're a Jayhawks fan or not. But I feel like overall, Bill Self and his multi millions. <laughs> Uh, came out of this uh, pretty unscathed. He gets a record-breaking contract paying him $53 million over five years. Like, that is eye-popping. Like, that's, I mean, you guys know, that's big money for New York City. In Kansas, like, I'm from the Midwest. In Kansas, that is kingmaker money. I mean, can't, like, talk about the Wizard of Oz. Self makes the Wizard of Oz look like some sideshow magician at a five-year-old's birthday party. Like, that is crazy crazy money. Stay with me for some math here. So that averages out to 10.6 million a year. So the second number to factor into that is $90,000. And that's the amount of money reportedly paid to Billy Preston's mom as a bribe from Adidas for Billy to play at KU. So if we take one year of self's salary, figuring out how much that is per day, which is about $29,000, and you take that into $90,000, you have about 3.1. So for the equivalent of 3.1 days of self's salary, Billy lost his eligibility and the fulfillment of his dream to play in the NBA. Three point one days. That is the mark difference between these two fortunes. We needed that money. Like, it, it wasn't nothing we was just leeching off of. It wasn't like we was just trying to just take money when we had a whole bunch of money already. Like, I'm I'm a I'm an all-star. I'm a McDonald's All-American and this and that, but you don't get paid for that. Like, you're not getting paid for that. So you we still regular people. We're regular. My mom's got a regular income. She's a regular person. So when that type of money comes to the table... We need that. It's like we've been struggling our whole lives. But I just wish like the whole scenario after that would have been different. That's what I wish didn't happen. I don't I don't wish we didn't take that money. And I don't know the status of Preston's family finances. I don't know if someone after the fact has taken care of him since this all played out. But I do know that His name is not known in basketball outside of this scandal. And he's not in the NBA. And the last time I checked, he's not on anyone's roster. Paula, thank you for sharing your reporting and insight into the story of Billy Preston. You're welcome. For more on this story, you can listen to the four-part 30 for 30 podcast, The Bag Game, a podcast on College Hoops bribery scandal available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.